Hello and welcome to The Flex. This is Matt St. Jean back again with Joe Howie to bring you a preview of the Friars taking on the Texas Tech Red Raiders this Wednesday night. We got a lot to talk about in this game. Uh, the, The first time Texas Tech has ever played a game in the state of Rhode Island. But before we get into it, we just want to plug. We're doing a GoFundMe this holiday season. We want to raise a little money and give back to the state of Rhode Island that gave so much to us in our four years there and means a lot to us. So you can check our Twitter or check the description for this podcast, and you'll find a link to a GoFundMe to a charity called Books Are Wings. They give out books to children. They gave out 77,000 books last year. We want to make sure for Christmas that all the kids in Rhode Island that want a book under the Christmas tree can have one. So please help us out. Make sure you donate. It's for a good cause. And if that isn't a good enough cause, if we hit our goal, I will shave my head. So maybe you don't care about children, but you probably do care about me being embarrassed and me shaving my head. (laughs) So that alone is a good enough reason. Please donate. Help us out in any way you can. We appreciate it. And with that, Joe, I think it's uh, time to head back to basketball. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Please um, take a look at the link and donate if you can. Um, Matt, you said it best. If you don't care about giving children books, do it to see Matt with no hair. Yeah, that's a, that's a good enough cause for everybody. But it lets uh, it's it's November with us recording this. But by the time this game happens, it'll be December. I mean, it's Christmas. So donate to our charity. But that also means the basketball schedule gets ever more intense. The Friars welcome in Texas Tech to the Dunkin' Donut Center, playing them for just the second time in team history. The Friars won the first meeting back in 1977. This one, they're going to welcome in a Texas Tech team that right now is 6-0. But the scouting report on them is a little bit dubious because they haven't played anyone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, it's not that they haven't played anyone. They're six and zero for a reason. But uh, every team they've played is a cupcake, a, a sub two fifty Ken Palm team. Uh, I mean, listen, six and zero is six and zero, just like six and one is six and one. You take every win that you get. But when you're trying to scout this Texas Tech team, I think it's safe to say that the statistics are a little skewed. If you're a, a top 15 Ken Palm team playing a sub 250 Ken Palm team, your players are going to have excellent nights every night you play, especially when five of those six games are at home. So I, I think, yes, this is definitely a historically talented Texas Tech team. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that they're going to be a cupcake or, or an easy a, a cakewalk for us. But I, I don't think that you know we can scout them appropriately based on the sample size, quite honestly. Exactly. This is their first test of the season, and that makes this um, – everybody knows Texas Tech is good. That's not a question. But, I mean, they do what good, team, good teams do against bad teams. We don't know if what they do against a good team. The Friars are a good team. Providence sits at 66 in Ken Palm right now, and Lunardi's last bracket update, they were in the next four out. So they're already hanging around the bubble. This is a, a solid team with high-end talent. Texas Tech is also a solid team with high-end talent. But can they be more than that? Right now, they sit at number 11 on Ken Palm. But they also were just receiving votes. I think they were around 31 or 32, correct me if I'm wrong, in the the latest AP poll. 
so that's, I don't know, a 20 point disparity between what the metrics say and what the eye test says. And this is one Ken Palm says that should be about a four point game that or Texas Tech should be favored by about four points. Betting line says Texas Tech favored by about three and a half. So that's the neighborhood we're looking in here. But I mean, I think no, I don't think anybody would be surprised here with a blowout in either direction. There's just too many unknowns. I agree, Matt. Um, I think when you get into the nitty gritty specifics of this game, it's really going to come down to the paint. It's going to come down to Watson and Horkler against mm-hmm. the likes of Bryson Williams and Kevin O'Banner from Texas Tech. I think if you're looking broad strokes at overall size and weight advantage in the paint, advantage Providence. O'Banner and Williams each come in at 6'8", roughly 240 apiece. You've got 6'10", Nate Watson averaging 17 a game, just slamming it home every time. You know, I think defensively, Texas Tech will struggle struggle against the likes of Watson. You know, we they do have, what's his name? He's like a 5'11 guy from France, um, as I'm looking here. His name is uh, not 5'11", I'm sorry. 611. 5'11. <laughs> Never forget that. 5'11. Nate's going to put up 40 points. 6'11, <laughs> 235. Daniel Bacho from France. Doesn't start, doesn't get a ton of time off the bench. So you're really looking at 6'10 versus 6'8 for a majority of the game. Yeah, and Texas Tech does have some talented guys in that front court. But like you said, the size is going to be a disparity. And Noah Horkler is going to go up against somebody who's going to be about the same size as him, and Watson's going to have an advantage. You look at these two guys, Bryson Williams, 6'8". He's also 240. He's beefy. He's hefty. And Kevin O'Banner, 6'8", 235, which, by the way, if that name rings a bell for anybody, he played on that Oral Roberts team last year that made a run. He was a big part of that team, scored 30 points in the opening round. So he's obviously a talented guy, 6'8", 235. Both of those guys can score. Both have played good defense. This is a team that is top 25 in offense and defensive efficiency right now and number one at offensive rebounding percentage. So I think the key to this one is going to be got to protect the glass. Don't give them second, second chance opportunities. Quite honestly, I'm not too worried about the glass. I know Horkler between Horkler, Watson and Manaya, you know, that Providence is not a bad rebounding team. Not at all. If anything, I'd say we're probably one of the better rebounding teams in our conference. I don't know what the statistics say to back that. But between the three of those guys, I think we do a fine job of sweeping the glass. Um, I think it's just going to come down to physicality. You know, uh, like you said. These guys are not thin. They're, they're 240 apiece. They're beefy guys, and for their size, they're probably girthy too. It's going to come down to who's more physical in the paint. And I, I think an X factor here is this is Texas Tech's first true road game, and they're going into the Dunkin' Donuts Center, which every Friar fan knows is where ranked teams come to die. Now, listen, Texas Tech Amen. isn't ranked in the – they're not ranked in the AP Top 25, but they're in the top 15 Ken Palm, so they're ranked somewhere. They're in Andy Katz's Power 36. They're ranked somewhere. People th- people have eyes on this team and are recognizing the talent. So you know what? Let's treat it like a ranked game. Why the hell not? Yeah, you got to play with that energy, especially at home. This is a late night game, 8.30 Eastern. Hopefully you can get the crowd in there, get some energy going. I know they're running some promotions for this one to get the students riled up. Bring that energy. Texas Tech hasn't played against that in a long, long time. And you want to take advantage of that. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about physicality. You talk about the front court. 
I want to move this conversation into the backcourt because I think there's a couple really interesting storylines here, starting with Texas Tech's um, Terrence Shannon Jr. This is a guy who has only played in three games this season. He went to look for the NBA draft last year, came back, and looks like he, he missed the first three games because they were reviewing his eligibility. He's good to go. He's been Texas Tech's best three-point shooter since then, their best scorer, averaging over 16 points a game. And this is a 6'6 guard. So where the Friars have a size advantage in the front court, Texas Tech has three guards that are 6'6 and can play where the Friars might be a little bit disadvantaged. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a great point, Matt, with the size advantage that Providence has in the paint. You know, we definitely lack uh, in the backcourt. And uh, quite honestly, this may not sound, you know, politically correct. I think the loss of Jared Bynum might even help defensively because, Mm -hmm. uh, say, for for argument's sake, Bynum's having a great offensive game. But defensively, we just don't have a a matchup. I think that's where Al Durham, A.J. Reeves and Justin Minaya come into play. We talked about this a lot in the preseason, how if Ed Cooley wants to go with, you know, a bigger defensive lineup kind of with bigger guards you could play Durham at the one Reeves at the two Manaya at the three with Horkler and Watson anchoring the paint and then you've got a pretty hefty and tall lineup out there mm-hmm. so listen obviously I don't think anyone wants Jared Bynum to be hurt he's your starting point guard he's your floor general no one wants that but I think defensively this opens the door for us to to slide Durham down into the one slide Reeves down to the two and play with this taller lineup with ease I 100% agree. And obviously, we don't know fully the status of Bynum. All indications are right now that he will not play Wednesday night against the Red Raiders. But when you look at the scouting report for this Texas Tech defense, this is a defense that is remarkably efficient. So this will be a good test for Providence after they struggled against Virginia's offense, uh, Virginia's defense. They are not good at defending the three-point line. Texas Tech is not And you saw when Providence was able to beat Northwestern, it's because they were able to hit shots with ease from deep. And that, I mean, I think that's going to be a big key for Providence. Nate Watson is Nate Watson. He's a beast. He's going to score. So what you have to do is hit your three-point shots to take advantage of the space he frees up for you because teams are going to dare you to win from the outside. When Providence beat Northwestern, Jared Bynum went three for five from deep. You don't get that this game. So you need other guys to step up. That means Horkler. That means Al Durham is going to have to hit some threes. That means you're going to need something from A.J. Reeves. He needs to produce in this one. He should be back in the starting lineup. He missed some time with illness. He should be back. Another guy I'm looking at here who could be back from illness, who might be an important player, Bryson Goodhun. He was four or five from deep against Northwestern, a three-point shooting guard who can also play defense pretty well. is a little bit pesky. I think he could be a really key player for Providence. I agree, Matt. I, I think that's a great point about uh, Goodine and Reeves, especially, you know, the, the spark Goodine provided off the bench in the Northwestern game is so intangible. I mean, you can look at the stat sheet all you want. He went four or five from deep with 12 points. That's fine. The energy that those four three-pointers brought with him incredible he only got like 12 minutes of run that game but it didn't matter the the intangible energy that isn't measured in the box score is what was important about his presence that game and with him off of the illness list i won't call it the injured list the illness list that helps us again a guy like aj reeves you get him going the crowd gets into it 
Everyone remembers that his opening night against Siena three years ago. You get A.J. Reeves hitting shots, the crowd gets into it. So I'm going to say that the X factor for the Friars is actually a a three-headed monster between Reeves, Goodine, and I'm going to go Durham too because now this is a a big ask for Durham. You've asked him to juggle the point with Bynum, who, as we mentioned, is out with the ankle injury. Now Durham's going to have it by himself. As we've seen for a majority of the season, Alan Breed does not handle the ball handling role. That's a lot of Bynum and a lot of Durham. Now Durham's got it all to himself. So you need Durham to come up with that clutch factor, you know, hitting shots, driving to the cup, deep late shot clock threes. And now you have to have him orchestrating the offense. This is a big test for him as well. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'm, I'm not putting Horkler and Watson as X factors is because those are like obvious factors. You know Watson's going north of 15. You know Horkler is going to probably get close to a double-double. Those two, you know what you're going to get. Oh, absolutely. And it's when you look at the last game, Horkler 3 of 4 from deep, Reeves 2 of 4 from deep. You get that again here. I think you got to feel at least pretty good about your chances of beating Texas Tech. Hopefully you add on a couple from Goodine and Durham and you're going to be in decent shape. If you can hit eight to ten threes, I think that is probably your golden number for this game to know that you're playing well and you're going to have a good chance. The other thing that jumps off the sheet here, it's not a, a glaring weakness, but this is where I think you bring up those guards again. This is the, the only weakness for this Texas Tech offense is turnover percentage. They don't turn it over a crazy amount, but relatively speaking to their other stats, they turn it over a bit. They're, they can be a little bit careless. So that's Reeves. That's Durham. That's a good eye at the defensive end trying to shake things up and, and knock the ball loose and hopefully get some scores in transition so you don't let that defense set up. Not, not to mention Justin Manaya too. You want to talk about turnovers? That that comes from stout defense. And when I think of stout defense, I, I think the name that jumps off at me is Justin Manaya. He's obviously back from illness as well, so his presence I think was sorely missed against St. Peter's. Um, I'm excited to have him back on the floor, but I, I think he is going to be one of those matchup nightmares where you're going to play him on a guard who maybe Terrence Shannon Jr who's 6'6", he's undersized compared to Manaya, but has been kind of a spark for this Texas Tech team as of late. You put Manaya, who's more defensively sound, on one of their better offensive players, it forces them to dish the ball out a little more and find other options. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm just excited for this game in general. I think this is a really good test for Providence, and it's it's an opportunity to kind of right some of the wrongs we saw against Virginia. And if you do that, if you're able to cancel out that loss and get a win over a high-quality team, we're going to be getting a little bit of national attention, especially if you follow it up with a win over URI. I know. I wasn't going to mention the the U word, but... um, (laughs) You know, this this would be a great way to build some momentum going into your rivalry game on Saturday. But we won't talk about that yet because no, no, we're not there yet. Just won't. Yeah, I will say the other thing, Joe. You brought this up before the show, and we were talking a little bit. This is the fourth year in a row Providence has played a team from Texas. Joe, how have they done in the past against those teams? Um, I will say we are three and zero to this point. We had a home and home with the Texas Longhorns. Um, the first one was in Texas. We beat them there. The second one was at the dunk and we beat them there. The third one was at TCU and we beat them there. So this is the fourth year in a row that we're playing a big 12 team out of the state of Texas. 
right as uh, the holiday season approaches. So hopefully, you know, if, you know, history has anything to do with the future, um, the Friars will be successful tomorrow evening. But again, we won't know until opening tip. I I, I hope they're giving Nate Watson a, a nice pasta dinner tonight. You know, maybe some Thanksgiving leftovers, some stuffing, some some cornbread. Just get fill him with carbs so he can explode in the paint tomorrow. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to need that. Hey, that that last game against Texas, that was arguably the one of the biggest catalyzing games in recent Friars history. That was Friars were six and six heading into that one. And that's what started off the win streak going into Big East play. They dominated the Texas team after getting crushed by Florida. So this is another yeah. opportunity. Like obviously Providence played St. Peter's, but you can add a conference opponent, a team that's quality. It's a game you can get up for. This team should come out motivated and Hopefully, for the most part, back to full strength minus Bynum when it comes to illness, as far as we know, at least point at this point. So you get a kind of an opportunity for a bounce back game after the loss to Virginia. This is I mean, I want to make no mistake about it. From what we've seen, this is a good Providence team this year. How good? We don't know yet where they stack. We're going to stack up in the Big East. We just we don't know yet. But this does not. I mean, they're not going to bottom out in conference. play. This is. A, a legitimately good team that's going to have a shot at making the tournament in March. I agree. This is a team that, you know, Matt ha- has shown us something that we haven't seen, at least during our tenure at Providence, aside from the six game win streak at the end of the 2019, 2020 season. Um, this team plays together. There's a lot of cohesion. You can see the chemistry between the guys. I think yeah. that's so intangible and important. Um, I can't remember in recent memory that the, the last time I said, Oh, the Friars are six and one heading into into December play. I think that's fantastic. But, you know, there are some inefficiencies defensively. You know, sometimes the offense is cold, and you're going to get that on, on night in and night out. That's just what happens. It's the nature of the sport. Hopefully they can string together two solid defensive performances this week, and, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Defense is going to be key in this one, and you just got to do a lot, of, a lot of the little things. This isn't – I mean, it's not an unbeatable Texas Tech team. There's weaknesses there. There's ways you can attack them. You just need the guys to have those performances. And we've seen them do it before a couple times this year against good teams. So there's no reason to think that they won't be able to do it. I think this this should be a close one. I think it'll be a good game. Do we want to make a couple predictions here on how this is going to go? Sure. Lead the way. All right. All right. I'll go first. I'm going to. I'm going to take Providence. I think this is going to be a little bit lower scoring than uh, Ken Palm has this projected to be a 70 to 66 Texas Tech victory. I'm going to go with something like a 65 to 60 Providence win. I think I I think similar to the Wisconsin game. I think the Providence offense might not be quite as efficient as we'd like it to be. But I also think they're going to be able to slow down Texas Tech's offense and slow down the game like we've seen them do time and time again. And they'll hit enough key shots. They'll make the shots they need to hit. And it'll be 65-60, but I think they'll have a lead for most of the second half and hold off Texas Tech. What about you? I'm going. I'm right there with you, Mac. Matt. Did I call you Mac? Sorry. Uh, I'm, right there. I'm right there with you, Mac. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game too. I'm going 58-54 Friars. I think it'll. It's gonna. It's really going to come down to the paint. And when you pound it in the paint, you know sometimes the score doesn't really break the 60s, which is fine as long as you're getting the right guys' touches, aka Nate Watson, aka Noah Horkler, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As long as you're getting the right guys, the right touches, 
I, I think this will the, this will go the Friars' way. Listen, it, it's not going to be a pretty basketball game. I think you know typically weeknight games tend to be a little bit uglier, but we'll see what happens. Buckle up. No, it's going to be. A good I will one. caveat what I said with this. You remember the games against Creighton and Seton Hall uh, our senior year back 2020? Yes, the Friars got out hot and were hitting threes. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I know exactly I what this, you're talking about. I think this is a Texas Tech defense that if the Friars do come out hot, they can take advantage of and they can go on a run. I think if Providence gets a lead on Texas Tech, they're going to be able to hold it. If there's one thing this PC team can do, it's they can hold a lead. So they might make it interesting, but generally speaking, the defense is going to be good, good enough to hold things. So, so, so this. So just I think to, this is going to be an ugly game, but there's absolutely potential for the Friars to light up the scoreboard early and then carry that throughout the rest of the game. So, just, just um, for transparency here, Matt, you're basically saying the Friars are going to go up twenty to two in the first half. There's going to be some sort of heart pounding moment where my blood pressure rises into the two hundreds in the second half, where Texas Tech cuts it to like a one possession single point gain, but Providence will pull it out in the end. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Uh, and just to clarify, you can hold me both legally and financially responsible if that doesn't happen. Matt, I'll be forwarding you all my bills come Thursday morning. So <laughs> be ready for that. Yeah, that's the thing. We're, we're going into the speculation business here, trying to guess what's going to happen. And that is a fool's errand. Watch, we're going to be sitting here and Lord knows what we'll what we're going to sit here. And Nate Watson will have hit four threes and that'll be the story of the game. So, it, hey, he took a three against St. Peter's. Yeah, I, I I and he got fouled and hit the free throws. I thought that was that was fantastic. It was late in the shot clock. The play had fallen apart. He gets the ball at the top of the key and just looks and it almost went in too. If so, I'm remembering. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, if I'm remembering correctly, that's his second ever attempted three pointer. Yeah, because I think, well, Khalif hit one one year and then Khalif like the next two. game Watson took one and that was the end of that. Khalif hit one, and this was the 2018-2019 season on the road against Butler. Very similar situation where um, it's one of the plays where the the five man is pulled out to the top of the key to screen. The play falls apart, and Khalif just gets the ball and hoists up a three, and it went in. I think the next game against Creighton, which was also on the road, it was an inbounds play to Khalif, and he hit the three. Not to mention... Who was it? Was it Merrimack? The following season, 2019-2020, Khalif hit a corner three late in the shot clock. He could, Khalif could hit threes. Um, yeah, honestly, Nate thing. Watson's got a, a nice 19-footer. I bet you he could hit a three, too. Yeah. Hey, that's one thing for you. Uh, for all you fans out there, if you haven't been to a game or haven't been in a while, make sure you get to the game as early as you can because you can watch these guys warm up and you can learn a little bit about them. I mean, we used to watch Nate and Khalif. They, they'll take threes in pregame warmups and hit them. It doesn't mean I want them taking one in a game, but they are they're better at shooting threes than I am. I'll tell you that much. I disagree. I want Nate to take a three in the game. <laughs> I would love to see that. And I yeah. did see it. Because Being you know honest, why? Yeah, I'd love that. Too. There, there's going to be some sort of like clutch factor. Like John Fanta will be calling the game, or Bill Raftery, and Watson will hit the three, and they'll go nuts. There's nothing I want more than a Gus Johnson call of a Nate Watson swished three. Super onions. Give it to me. Give it to me, Gus. All right. I think that's going to do it for us on this one. I don't have anything else to add, Joe. You got anything? 
Nope. Go Friars. All right. Well, Friars take on Texas Tech, 8.30 p.m. at the Dunkin' Donut Center, Wednesday night, opening up December with this Big East Big 12 battle, the first in the Big East Big 12 challenge. This is a Texas Tech team that comes in 6-0. The Friars are 6-1. Texas Tech favored by 3.5 points. We'll get back to you after the game with our post-game thoughts. So make sure you're following us on Twitter and subscribe wherever you are listening to this to keep up with our content. And this holiday season, please, please make sure to donate to our GoFundMe. We really want to help out the kids of Providence. And I'm sure you all, especially Joe, want to see me with a shaved head. So please, please, please donate. And thank you for listening. You'll hear from us after the game. Once again, go Friars.